Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Piki mai kake mai and welcome. From RNZ National, here's Our Changing World. Katie Gossett is off to the Canterbury town of Rangiora. Niwa researcher Ian Longley is working with the community there to measure levels of wood smoke, both inside and outside suburban homes. Welcome to Rangiora, 25 kilometres north of Christchurch. It has a population of about 15,000 people, and today I'm talking to them about their air quality. What about it? Oh, just what you think of it. Is the quality good? I think so. With the old uh, fires and stuff, at night time it does get um, a bit harder breathing. I am asthmatic, but during the day it seems to be quite fine. I quite like the smell of a burning wood fire myself. I can't stand the smell of smoke out there in Rangiora. I mean, nobody can walk their dog easily at half past seven, eight o'clock at night because you would just choke the smoke out there. How is the air up there? Good. It's good? Yeah, it is. Whatever the locals think, this town is going to end up being a test case for how communities can manage their own air quality, but only if they have the data they need. And that's where this team from Niwa, led by Ian Longley, comes in. Good afternoon. I hope you're ready for uh, an invasion. Yeah. The scientists are here. Yeah, that's right. Right. The journalist is also here. I take it that's OK? Yeah, that's fine. I said that was my There's my babies. There they all are, all going nicely. These are the Pac-Man units, these white boxes. These are our indoor air quality sensors. And, and last year in Rangiora, we had them one each distributed in a number of different homes. And this year we put them all together in the same place just to make sure they're given the same signal. And they all saw exactly the same, same thing, thing, exactly the same signal. So that was really reassuring. Operating alongside a much more expensive instrument, which is used as a control, the Pac-Man devices are proving their accuracy. But Ian Longley says the value of new technology is about more than cost savings. He says these sensors also aim to pick up where pollution is coming from. It's one of society's burning questions, or perhaps a question of what's burning and where. That's why it's also measuring temperature, it's also measuring carbon monoxide and carbon dioxide and the reason it's doing that is it's trying to say well did the particles come from something burning it's also got a, a motion sensor so is the occupant in the home doing something if it could be generating particles so it's just gathering those clues to say what it is and while none of us like to think about possible pollutants in our midst, the culprits are sometimes close at hand. In my household, at least, burnt toast is one of the usual suspects. Pollution is a very emotive word. And when I say pollution in our business, we mean effectively any contaminant in the air. One of the major sources of, of pollution, or particles, I should say, in the air in a home, are things like burnt toast, frying bacon... Now, I call that pollution because it shouldn't be there. It's not naturally there in the air. Whether that presents a 
threat to health is another question entirely. And that's one of the reasons why we're doing this study. It's actually to get enough information of how much of these sorts of particles people are actually breathing in and then to see if it actually has any effect on health. The study is also tracking the larger dust particles that come off clothes and carpet. Ian Longley says if people breathe these particles in, they're not carried as far down into the lungs and therefore have less of an effect on human health. He says the Pac-Man device can also note when particles are produced and this can be cross-checked against the homeowner's own observations. And that's why, in the interests of science, we're taking a snoop in Lynn Wilkinson's diary. 10 o'clock, microwave, electric jug. 1.30, electric jug. 4.10pm, front door open shut, and I went out. So, tell me, what's this? So, all I've been doing here is just to try and establish when the peaks were and things like that, what instruments I've got going, whether I'm using the electric jug, the microwave, anything that's likely to generate steam or smells or smoke. If I open the door, you know, and I just try and remember to note what time it was. So it becomes a little bit of a detective story, and that's to a large degree that's what this year two of our study is about, is coming back to our participants with this puzzle that we're going to try and solve together. So it's a kind of whodunit? It is the kind of uh, of who done it, and there's lots of things to investigate and for us to eliminate. But that's our, our main objective for, for this year: is to show that we can do that. Do your team enjoy being detectives? <laughs> we we find it fascinating. As scientists, we we love a good puzzle. Uh, but in our field of air quality, we always find every time we measure somewhere, there's surprises. There's always something you didn't expect. There's always something you can't initially explain, and that's what what keeps us going. Now that the team is more confident about the accuracy of the data, it's time to scale things up. In other words, put more sensors out into the community in different locations. Just as detectives and indeed journalists need to consider things from different angles, the more sensors there are out there, the more information is available. So for instance, we could you know, put an instrument in a home and find out a little about, about the particle levels in, in the home. But if the neighbours got one, if people across the street have got one, if there are outdoor ones in the street, it gives you a context. So it starts to explain why you have the levels in your home that you do. So for us it's very much about not the individual sensors, but the network of the sensors deployed across the community, which really helps to explain to the community what's going on. So what we have here is uh, the new version of the Pac-Man, which focuses only on dust. To that end, Gustavo Olivares, one of the team and the man who helped design the Pac-Man units, is in the process of installing a new sensor, this time in Lynn Wilkinson's garden. This one is known as an outdoor dust information node, or ODIN. The idea is for us to leave it there for the winter and uh, check the data regularly to see what it's uh, telling us. Mr Olivares has a particular interest in air quality as he comes from Chile, where he says there are many poorly insulated homes. He says a tendency for people to burn wood as fuel results in very smoky winters. I'm from Santiago, which is a city that's been uh, on the rankings of the highly polluted ones for quite some time. So uh, the issue of air quality, and uh, it's, it's quite a personal one for me. And uh, in trying to figure out what information do we need, I started experimenting with new technology, trying to replace some of the very expensive but very precise sensors that we have with some ones that may not be that exact 
but give enough information that we can paint the full picture. And here in Rangiora, the picture might be complex. Ian Longley says the town was chosen for a range of reasons. One is a particular wind pattern that may be affecting the movement of wood smoke. But another is the fact that the town has breached air quality standards. It's not you know, the unhealthiest town or anything like that. But it does have an established air quality problem. It does breach the national environmental standards for air quality and has done for several years. Air quality here has been improving, but kind of not fast enough, not fast enough to meet the standards. Lynn Wilkinson has her own theories on what carries wood smoke into her house. She's concerned about two particular wood burners in her community and believes when they're lit, the smoke comes in. According to what data I had last year, I don't think it's anything to do with me, those cooking things, the spikes on the graph, I don't think they correlate. So what prompted you to get involved in this study? Well I've lived here 20 years and for 15 of those years I've had a terrible problem with smoke outside and it was getting into my house and I didn't know how. And basically I read in the paper that there was uh, these Niwa people putting monitors in people's house to pick up if there was any smoke issue and I jumped on that very quickly <laughs> to try and get myself some data. Ian Longley's appreciative of the help participants offer but says just as scientists can be surprised by their findings, so too can homeowners. He says his team can provide actual data about the source of a pollutant but it will be up to communities to decide how to use that information. I think a lot of the disputes that uh, do occur uh, around sort of neighbourhood air quality occur in, in, in a no data vacuum and, and the absence of any uh, hard data you know, you're, you're free to make a claim but uh, unable to substantiate it. I think what we're trying to do here is not produce data to substantiate any one particular claim but just explain how air quality works in these sort of neighbourhoods. So what do you propose is the end result? I probably wouldn't expect every home to have one. I think what we want to achieve is every home could have one if they wanted to. So the outcome could be at an individual level that uh, I know how to protect uh, the health of my household. But the information is also valuable to councils like Environment Canterbury. You know, are the current approaches to managing air quality, which at the moment are largely around restrictions on, on types of wood burner, are they effective or are we should be looking at more at controlling uh, the fuel supply? We've got a system here, hopefully, where many different solutions can be trialled and evaluated and that knowledge shared and exported across the country, even around the world. Thanks, Katie, and thanks too to Lynn Wilkinson and to Ian Longley and Gustavo Olivares from Niwa. That's all for now. For more, check us out on the web, rnz.co.nz slash Our Changing World. Matewa.